<laughs> it's that time, T Rev Daily, everyone's favorite day of the week. It's huge. Freaky Friday. Uh, the fans have been clamoring for more scary stories. Uh, they they want to get spooked. Um, and, you know, we're ready to deliver the scares today, I think. I mean, we all know Albright's going to keep us up at night. It's just a matter of what everyone else is going to add to that. This one's a little yeah. different from the last two. I have something <laughs> that is, is it the absolutely spine chilling. No. Ooh, okay. I have something that um, of of all of of the four of us co-hosts, I think the the biggest scaredy cat's probably Mitch, if I had to guess. Definitely. Uh, and I have something that's gonna freak him out real bad. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see if we can put that to the test. So the yeah. word of the day count this week is four Albright three and Andrew one. <laughs> Yep. And in my defense, right. I wasn't there for that one. <laughs> and I didn't use a sentence for that one. So. <laughs> you know, I mean, you'll have that and it'll happen. Um, but, you know, it is, it is, uh, it is what it is. All right, Mitch, let's do word of the day. All right. Um, so, you know, I was trying to um, keep it a little. Um, this is probably a more well-known word, but I'm trying to connect to the to the day of the week. So we have a spo- uh, Freaky Friday word, and it's uh, macabre, um, which means the uh, something gruesome, shocking, or horrifying. I think it's macabre. Is it here? Just a sec. It's funny you said that because I. That's one of those words that I've always known what it meant, but I never feel confident enough. You're, you're both. It's knowing how. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, I think it's, it's yeah, macabre. It's, it's macabre. I, I I did the little pronunciation thing, and it took me off for half a second. But it's macabre. Really? According to dictionary.com, it's macabre. That's one of those I, words, though. Albright. I he never bring Albright. it up in conversation because I don't like. I feel like someone's gonna think I'm an idiot because I don't know. How it's to like say it, right? it's like niche or niche. Yep. Yep, it's like you read it. You read it in a book, and you, you're you're good. You know what it means, but you couldn't use it in a speech. Yes, I feel you. I don't think you say the R. Macabre. Well, right, that right, one thinks you do. The, I'll say the R. You don't. Oh, in the U.S., you say macabre. In the U.K., you say macabre. Well, Albright, are we in the U.K.? Apparently. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could go there right now if we wanted to. I, I no, don't think there's not. a think about it. I, I I'm pretty pretty confident you can't. Yeah. Well, we won the Revolutionary War, so it's all good. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely way cooler. Yeah. Shout out to our UK listeners. We love you. I didn't mean it. That was just a joke. I got a I got I got a sentence. I just finished the Harry Potter, the first one reading it to Axley, and she made me edit out all references to drinking unicorn blood because that was too macabre for her to handle. All right. All right. I got one. Um, My macabre story today is going to be so scary 
that Tim Abley is going to cry when he listens. <laughs> you know what? Um, Albright, yours was a little bit of a run-on, and Baldwin, I felt like it was more solid. So Mine one's and- not a run-on, but he pokes fun at Tim, so it's acceptable to give him the win. Thank you. Let's go. <laughs> I love how I'm judging Albright, and yet I still have to get her <laughs> approval before I make a final decision. That is how my world works. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Uh, but hey, Baldwin, you avoided you avoided the sweep, so that's huge. That's huge. We didn't break out the brooms. I know, I know. So if if oh. if the friend that got kicked out of the baseball stadium is listening, you're safe. Dude, I was about to bring that up. Good Thank you. Uh, that uh, buddy who, so for those of you that don't know, a friend of mine, um, when when the Atlanta Braves were going for a sweep against the Philadelphia Phillies, this is in like 2012, I think, um, he tried to sneak a broom into the stadium so that he could like do the sweep signal when the when the Braves beat the Phillies. Because um, they were going to sweep them. This is series. in Philadelphia, by the way. In Philly, where the fans are, uh, as McCardle could testify, Philly they throw snowballs at Santa Claus in, in the stadium <laughs> in Philly. Uh, Philly fans are known as being like the meanest fans in the U.S. Um, so yeah, he tried to sneak a broom in to make fun of Phillies fans in Philadelphia, and luckily for him, it got confiscated by security. So. <laughs> yeah, he would have gotten beaten up and possibly killed. Yeah, and I wasn't backing him up. So. <laughs> No way. You're such a good friend. Oh. <laughs> All right, AD, let's, uh, let's do the Would You Rather. All right, this week's Would You Rather is, I keep saying this week, but it's it's today. Yeah, you've said that literally every time. It happens. That's so weird. All right. Well, today's Would You Rather is, would you rather be the only person living in Texas with a New York accent or the only person living in New York with a Texas accent? Oh, give in me New York. Give, no, no, I'm going, uh, I'm going Texas because I feel like you could move to the right part of Texas where it's not like the South South and you won't get too judged because of it versus New York. If you're walking yeah. around with a Texas accent, I mean, you're just, you're just, you're shunned. I'd much rather, like, no matter where I lived, have a New York accent to begin with. I was just trying to look up the song All My Exes Live in Texas because I thought it would be funny to play right now. But <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get it rolling in time. Solid reference. Yeah. I actually don't have none of – I don't have any exes in Texas, but I just thought it would be a funny I I love that you sometimes feel the need to clarify stuff like that. <laughs> well, just in case, you know, we have some we have some listeners who, you know, need clarification. Like uh I don't know. Uh, But Bowden, what's your take on that? Uh I would definitely rather be in New York with a Texas accent. Really? I yeah. just feel like wow. move to Austin. It's like the, the saying of Austin is keep Austin weird. Like, how can you possibly get judged in that yeah, city? All right, so Mitch, Austin is a very uh, – it's it's like a big Burlington kind of I felt when I was there. Yep. But the rest of Texas is not like that. Oh, I know it's not, but I'm saying you could find your pocket. <laughs> I don't think there's a pocket yeah. in New York that you could find where you're safe with a Texas accent. Dude, I don't think that's true. Wait, I, I, I'm assuming New York City, as in, like, oh. the five boroughs of New York City. I still don't uh, think that's true. 
Um, hey, so crew, I I want to give a spook warning again this week, but I want to double it because I want to take the spook warning that I've given in the past. Actually, I want to triple it because the story that I have is so spine tingling. It is so tooth chatter, teeth chattering <laughs> that it is just absolutely terrifying. And our our new our special guest tonight is going to be scared just like everyone else is. Bia, welcome to T Rev Daily. Hello, hello. Hi, Bia. How is everyone? Welcome, Bia. Thank Bia, you. I missed you. Missed you. Have it. I've missed, missed you seeing too. you every day for the missed seeing you every day for the past what however many weeks it's been. I know. I missed you too, Mitch. I miss. I missed. I missed you. I missed Alex. And I miss Aww, Miss Albright. Thanks. <laughs> I think that's appreciated, man. <laughs> oh, I think that's yeah. it. But I think I think you got yeah. everything covered, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't have everything important don't have anyway. TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but I heard you going viral. Am I? I I don't think so. Not now. Oh, no, that's the word on the, that's the word on the street. Is that I mean she's been Beatrice is a viral TikToker. She's been viral once already. So yeah, I have. Oh, wow. Hey, Bia, are you a listener of the podcast? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I just listened to last Friday's episode today, just so I got an idea of what was going to happen. But uh, otherwise, no. Yeah, so, are you going to change that? Yes, I am definitely going to be changing that. So I'm going to I'm going to listen now. All right, because we're going to bring you on again later, and we're going to quiz you. And if you haven't started becoming listener a listener by then, then that's not good. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. For hey, sure. but yeah, I know you. I know you only miss Albright, Mitch, and uh, and Alex. But I just want to say we all miss you, myself included. So we hope you're. Doing I miss well. you too. Yeah, I. Beatrice, you don't have good. to lie. I miss the yeah. Speech Squad, Bia. I miss the Speech Squad. You know I do too. Of course. Um. Hey. So what have you? Before we jump into scary stories, what have you been? Yeah. What have you been up to? Um. So well. Some may know that I typically work at McGillicuddy's, but, you know, that's not a thing anymore. So haven't done that. You know, just been, like, kind of doing school, hanging out with my cat a lot, watching a lot of TikTok. What's that? TikTok? Yeah, I've never heard of it. We've we've had this conversation. Uh, I'm just messing with it. I just want to sound like a boomer. (laughs) Yes, because that's what you are. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, real quick, it is a pretty special day today. I don't know if you guys knew. What is it? Uh, a friend of the show. It's their birthday today. Which one? Today really? is it Friday. Uh, no. Today <laughs> when we're recording this. <laughs> Sorry. Beatrice. <laughs> Try and keep up. <laughs> okay. So, be a, a friend of a friend of the show had a birthday three days ago. Yes. Okay. Yes. Who was that? That would be Mr. Ethan Schmidt. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Ethan, can you tell Ethan who everyone who can you tell all the ninth graders who don't know Ethan who he is? Yes. So, um, I on the speech team, I was the most senior incumbent captain. And I am nice also flex, nice flex. <laughs> Thank you. Why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> I am also the CEO of Dating My Competition. 
Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> Ethan was uh, Ethan was uh, me and Mitch's competition throughout speech, and we ended up dating, and we're still dating. And it's his birthday this week. I can testify. Great guy, absolute great guy. I absolute would, stud, stud of a man. I, I think many would agree. Maybe not. Maybe not Mitch. I don't know. I mean, Mitch beat him in speech, so he. That's probably... true. <laughs> like by like a landslide. <laughs> Ethan, sorry if you're listening. You're still good too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's solid. That's solid, Bia. Mm-hmm. All right, so Bia, um, scary stories. Who you pick the order? Me, you, and Albright. Who goes first? Who goes second? Who goes third? Okay. I'm going to do exactly what Will did last week, and I'm going to do Ben, me, and Albright. Wait, you don't get to call me Ben yet. I'm, I'm sorry. I totally, I totally, I'm sorry. I was talking to Ben Knapp before this, so that's why. Bia, you've never called me by my first name before, and I'm very, I'm very rattled by that. I know, that's but I'm, weird. I'm also, like, looking at your name right now. It says, like, you know. Ben Bodwin, so I'm just like, oh god. Bia, ninth graders are not supposed to know my first name. Big secret, (laughs) especially in hey guys. Actually, you guys want to hear a real bombshell? It's actually Benjamin. Boom. That's true, but only my grandma calls me that. (laughs) Oh Ben, oh Benjamin. Shout out my grandma. I don't, I don't think she knows this is a podcast, but shout out. Probably not. Probably. Does anyone call you Benji? No. Uh, (laughs) I will. Literally, no one calls me that. (laughs) Mr. Benji Bodwin, I'll call you that. Uh, okay, I don't. I mean, when I when I come back and drop by into one of your classes next year, yeah, just just stay as long as Andrew did on the podcast. And, uh... <laughs> yo, what? I'll roll in. Like, yo, what's up, Benji? Oh hey, my so, god! So hey, everyone, I got my story coming at you. Here we go. Uh, I got a quick intro music thing for you. Oh. Makes your story less spooky. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't even have to hear the story. My story today is a plot summary of Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. No, it's not. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh I'm goodness. gonna you off Fridays. You can't do summaries. Yeah. <laughs> but for those Tell of you that story. haven't seen Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, it's a good. It's a really good plot. I mean, you're the We watched it today. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Is it on Netflix? I want to watch it. I think it is. Came out in 98. It's on so something. kindergarten when it came out. And, uh, okay, but seriously, this has to be the last summer. You have to have an actual story. I, I, well, I have a story, Bloody Mary, but it's, it kind of seems messed up. <laughs> you keep cheating. That's like the point. Stories. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll tell the Bloody Mary story, but I haven't actually read it entirely, so I'm going to edit it out. That was so like so. legit kind of scary, you know? All right, here we go. <laughs> No, no Scooby-Doo. So for all you Zombie Island fans, you'll have to look it up on Wikipedia what I was going to read. <laughs> all right, here we go. Scary stories. This one's called Bloody Mary. All right. 
She lived deep in the forest in a tiny cottage. <laughs> Folks living in the town nearby called her Bloody Mary and said she was a witch. None dared cross the old crone. I don't know what that means. For fear that their cows <laughs> would go their food stores rot right away before winter. Their children take sick or any number of terrible things that an angry witch could do to her neighbors. Then the little girls in the village began to disappear one by one. No one could find where they had gone. Grief-stricken families searched the woods, the local buildings, and all the houses and barns, but there was no sign of the missing girls. A few brave souls even went to Bloody Mary's home in the woods to see if the witch had taken the girls, but she denied any knowledge of the disappearances. That doesn't sound legit. Still, it was noted that her haggard appearance had changed. She looked younger. The neighbors were suspicious, but they could find no proof that the witch had taken their children. Then came the night when the daughter of the miller rose from her bed and walked outside, following an enchanted sound no one could hear. The miller's wife had a toothache and was sitting up in the kitchen, treating the tooth with an herbal remedy when her daughter left the house. She screamed for her husband and followed the girl out the door. The miller came running in his nightshirt. Together, they had to restrain the girl, but she kept breaking away from them and heading out of the town. The desperate cry of the miller and his wife woke the neighbors. They came to assist the frantic couple. Suddenly, a sharp-eyed farmer gave a shout and pointed toward a strange light at the edge of the woods. A few townsmen followed him out into the field and saw Bloody Mary standing beside a large oak tree, holding a magic wand that was pointed towards the miller's house. She was glowing with an unearthly light as she set her evil spell upon the miller's daughter. The townsmen grabbed their guns and their pitchforks and ran toward the witch. When she heard the commotion, Bloody Mary broke off her spell and fled back into the woods. The far-sighted farmer had loaded his gun with silver bullets in case the witch ever came after his daughter. Now he took aim and shot at her. The bullet hit Bloody Mary, and she fell to the ground. The angry townsmen leapt upon her and carried her back into the field, where they had a huge bonfire, and they burned her at the stake. As she burned, Bloody Mary screamed a curse at the villagers. If anyone mentioned her name aloud, before a mirror, she would send her spirit to revenge herself upon them for her terrible death. When she was dead, the villagers went into the house, into the wood, and found the unmarked graves of every one that the evil witch had gotten. From this day, anyone foolish enough to chant Bloody Mary's name three times before a darkened mirror will summon the vengeful spirit of the witch. It is said she will rip out their souls. All right. Wow, never heard that one before. That is not the version I know. <laughs> Well, I found it on AmericanFolklore.net. Do you really not know what a crone is? No. It's an old woman, dude. Uh, really? <laughs> Literally just that. 
Uh, yeah, honestly, I had no idea. Um, honestly, I might watch Scooby Doo Zombie Island one of these days. Now, the, the plot summary that I was going to read you guys is really good. <laughs> All right. All right, Bia, what do you got? Woo. Okay, that's going to be a hard, tough to hard oh, to follow. Act. Wait, before Bia goes, a uh, quick story. Bia always went over her time on speech team. <laughs> her event was supposed to be like seven to nine minutes. and uh, Five to seven. Five to seven minutes. Okay. It shows you how much I know about speech. Um, yep. It was supposed to be five to seven minutes. And, uh, and she would honestly, like she's really good at speech, but would just always go over the time. So she'd usually clock in at like 12 minutes, even though it wasn't supposed to be over seven. <laughs> So, Bia, your time limit is five to seven minutes for this. Okay, this should take about seven minutes. I I whittled it down a lot. This is like <laughs> this this um this is like ten percent of the original story, so it might not come come through the whole way. But like, I think I think in general it's good. Okay, so this story is called Patient Zero. October 22nd. I made Veronica cry yesterday. I didn't mean to. Dr. Ben said he knows it was an accident, but I feel very sorry, so I've been crying too. What happened is, I was talking to her. She was taking some blood out of my arm with a needle like always. She dropped the needle on the floor, and she was holding her wrist like she broke it. She started swearing. I asked her what happened, and she pushed me away like she wanted to knock me over. Then she went to the door and punched the number code really fast. She pulled on the doorknob, but the door wouldn't open. And I heard something in her arms snap from yanking so hard. She had to do the code again. She was still crying. I've never seen her cry. Right. November 4th. A long time ago, when I first came here and the TV in my room played programs from outside, I saw the first grade picture I had taken at school on TV. The man on TV said the names of everyone in our family and even spelled them out on screen. Then he called me patient zero. He said I was the first person who got sick. But that wasn't really what happened. My dad was sick before me. He got it away on his job in Alaska. My dad traveled a lot because he drilled for oil. But he came home early that time. He said he'd be been sent home because some people on his oil crew got sick. One of them had even died. But the doctor in Alaska had looked at my dad and said he was fine. And then his boss sent him home. After two days... His eye got red, and he started sniffling. Then I did, too, and then my mom and brother. When the man on TV showed my picture and called me patient zero, said that I was the first one to get sick, that was when I first learned how people tell lies. But one thing he said was right. I was the only one who got well. When I asked Dr. Ben if they're still talking about me on the news, he just shrugged his shoulders. I think the TV people probably stopped showing me pictures a long time ago. I was just a little kid when my family got sick. Four years ago. Oh, I almost forgot. Veronica isn't back yet. Every November 12th. Everybody wears yellow plastic suits and airtight masks when they're in my room because the virus is still in the air. And it's in my blood. It's on my plates and cups whenever I finish eating. They call the suits hot suits because the virus is hot in my room. Not hot like fire, but dangerous. The disease is extra special in my body because even though I'm not sick anymore, 
the virus won't go away. I can make other people sick even when I feel fine. Dr. Ben doesn't know anybody else who's gotten well except for me. I didn't even cry when Veronica died. Maybe I got all my crying over with in the beginning because I figured out a long time ago, nobody gets better once they get sick. Nobody except me. December 1st. No one will tell me, but I think maybe Dr. Ben is sick. I have not seen him in five whole days. It is quiet here. February 14th, 646-72943. I remember the numbers already. I've been saying them over and over in my head so I won't forget, but I wanted to write them down in the exact right order to be sure. I wanna know them without even looking. February 15th, I'm writing in the dark. The lights are off. I tried to open my lock, but the numbers don't work because of the lights being off. I don't know where anyone is. I'm trying not to cry. What if the lights never come back on? February 16th. There's so much I want to say, but I have a headache from being hungry. When the lights came back on, I went out into the hall and I used the numbers to get the elevator to work. Then I went into the kitchen. There's no food in the kitchen. There's empty cans and wrappers on the floor and even roaches, but I looked on every single shelf and in every cabinet and I couldn't find anything to eat. The sun was shining really, really bright from the window. I almost forgot how the sun looked. When I went to the window, I saw a big empty parking lot outside. At first I thought there were diamonds all over the ground because of the sparkles, but it was just a lot of broken glass. Anyway, I don't think there's anybody here today. So I thought of a plan. I have to go now. I know somebody will find this notebook if I leave it on my bed. I'm very sorry I have to leave in such a hurry. I didn't want to go outside, but isn't it okay if it's an emergency? I am really, really hungry. I'll just find some food and bring it with me and I'll come right back. I'm leaving my door open so I won't get locked out. If someone sees me and I get in trouble, I'll just say I didn't have anything to eat. Whoever is reading this, don't worry. I'll tell everybody I see, please, please, not to get too close to me. I know Dr. Ben was very worried. I might, I might make somebody sick. Ha ha! You know, uh, just, just a little something. Uh, wow. wow, that was good. That was pretty good, yeah. That was uh, it's yeah. pro- it's a little scarier in the current times we're in. That Especially. that was my thought. I was like, I was like, ah, oh, this isn't that scary. But then I was like, oh, wait. You wanted to prey on people's fears of the current. <laughs> yeah, you gotta work yes, the time you got right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Oh that yeah, solid. Zombie Thank Island yeah. would have been better, but that was really good. That's right. I agree, but you know, you can blame me, Bowden. Yeah, I do. I do blame you. Yeah, you All right, Aubrey, let's hear it. All right. I, I kind of think we lost Mitch, for folks. Yeah, me too. It says he's connected. Yeah, where is he? But... Yeah, he would have had a reaction to that. To all of them. Hey, Mitch. I know. Hey, Mitch, we lost your audio, buddy. Disconnect and reconnect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ready? He's dying to say something okay. right now. But yeah, Aubrey, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah, he just needs to be heard right now. <laughs> the Canimate were not very pretty. It's true. 
They looked something like pigs and something like people, and that is not an attractive combination. Seeing them for the first time shocked you. That was their handicap. When a thing with the countenance of a fiend comes from the stars and offers a gift, you are disinclined to accept. I don't know what we expected interstellar visitors to look like, those who thought about it at all, that is. Angels, perhaps, or something too alien to be really awful. Maybe that's why we were all so horrified and repelled when they landed in their great ships and we saw what they were really like. The Canimate was short and very hairy, thick, bristly, brown-gray hair all over their abominably plump bodies. Their noses were snout-like and their eyes small, and they had thick hands of three fingers each. The Canimate had a sense of humor, anyhow. There were three of them at this session of the UN, and Lord, I can't tell you how strange it looked to see them there in the middle of a solemn session. Three fat pig-like creatures sitting at the long table below the podium, surrounded by the packed arcs of delegates from every nation. They sat correctly, upright, politely watching each speaker. Their flat ears drooped over the earphones. Later on, I believe, they learned every human language, but at this time, they knew only French and English. They seemed perfectly at ease, and that, along with their humor, was a thing that tended to make me like them. I was in the minority. I didn't think they were trying to put anything over. The delegate from Argentina got up and said his government was interested in the demonstration of a new cheap power source which the candidate had made at the previous session, but that the Argentine government could not commit itself as to its future policy without a much more thorough examination. It was what all the delegates were saying. Then the Secretary General recognized the delegate from France who introduced a criminologist and a doctor and a great deal of complicated equipment was wheeled in. The doctor remarked that the question in many people's minds had been aptly expressed by the delegate from the USSR at the preceding session when he demanded, what is the motive of the candidate? What is their purpose in offering us these unprecedented gifts while asking nothing in return? The doctor then said, at the request of several delegates and with the full consent of our guests, the candidate, my associates and I have made a series of tests upon the candidate with the equipment you see before you. These tests will now be repeated. A murmur ran through the chamber. There was a fusillade of flashbulbs and one of the TV cameras moved up to focus on the instrument board of the doctor's equipment. At the same time, the huge television screen behind the podium lighted up and we saw the blank faces of two dials, each with its pointer resting at zero and a strip of paper tape with a stylus point resting against it. The doctor's assistants were fastening wires to the temples of one of the canimate, wrapping a canvas-covered rubber tube around his forearm and taping something to the palm of his right hand. In the screen, we saw the paper tape begin to move while the stylus traced a slow zigzag pattern along it. One of the needles began to jump rhythmically, the other flipped halfway over and stayed there wavering slightly. These are the standard instruments for testing the truth of a statement, said the doctor. He picked up two large pieces of cardboard, one red and one black. The red one was a square about three feet on a side. The black was a rectangle three and a half feet long. He addressed himself to the canima. Which of these is longer than the other? The red, said the canima. Both needles leaped wildly and so did the line on the unrolling tape. I shall repeat the question, said the doctor. Which of these is longer than the other? The black, said the creature. This time the instruments continued in their normal rhythm. How did you come to this planet, asked the doctor. Walked, replied the canima. Again, the instruments responded and there was a subdued ripple of laughter in the chamber. Once more, said the doctor, how did you come to this planet? In a spaceship, said the canima, and the instruments did not jump. The doctor again faced the delegates. Many such experiments were made, he said, and my colleagues and myself are satisfied that the mechanisms are effective. Now, he turned to the canima, I shall ask our distinguished guests to reply to the question put at the last session by the delegate of the USSR, namely, what is the motive of the Canimate people in offering these great gifts to the people of Earth? The Canima rose. Speaking this time in English, he said, our mission upon your planet is simply this, to bring you the peace and plenty which we ourselves enjoy and which we have in the past brought to other races throughout the galaxy. When your world has no more hunger, no more war, no more needless suffering, that will be our reward. 
and the needles had not jumped once. The delegate from the Ukraine jumped to his feet, asking to be recognized, but the time was up and the Secretary General closed the session. I met Grigori as we were leaving the chamber and his face was red with excitement. Who promoted that circus, he demanded. The tests look genuine to me, I told him. A circus, he said vehemently, a second-rate farce. If they were genuine, Peter, why was the debate stifled? There'll be time for debate tomorrow, surely. Tomorrow, the doctor and his instruments will be back in Paris. Plenty of things can happen before tomorrow. In the name of sanity, man, how can anybody trust a thing that looks as if it ate the baby? The next day, reports began to come in from government laboratories all over the world where the cannabis power source was being tested. They were wildly enthusiastic. I don't understand such things myself, but it seemed that those little metal boxes would give more electrical power than an atomic pile for next to nothing and nearly forever. And it was said they were so cheap to manufacture, everybody in the world could have one of his own. In the early afternoon, there were reports that 17 countries had already begun to set up factories to turn them out. The next day, the Canamit turned up with plans and specimens of a gadget that would increase the fertility of any arable land by 60 to 100%. It speeded the formation of nitrites or something. There was nothing in the newscast anymore but stories about the Canamit. The day after that, they dropped their bombshell. This device, they said, generates a field in which no explosive of whatever nature can detonate. It cannot now be suppressed. If one nation has it, all must have it. When nobody seemed to understand, he explained bluntly, there will be no more war. That was the biggest news of the millennium, and it was perfectly true. It turned out the explosions the cannibal were talking about included gasoline and diesel. They had simply made it impossible for anybody to mount or equip a modern army. We could have gone back to bows and arrows, of course, but that wouldn't have satisfied the military. Besides, there wouldn't be any reason to make war. Every nation would have everything. Nobody ever gave another thought to those lie detector experiments or asked the Canamit what their politics were. Grigori was put out. He had nothing to prove his suspicions. I accepted a position as translator with the Canamit embassy, and it was there I ran into Grigori again. I was glad to see him, but I couldn't imagine what he was doing there. I thought you were on the opposition, I said. Don't tell me you're convinced the Canamit are all right. They fascinate me, he said. I hate them instinctively still. That hasn't changed, but I can evaluate it. You are right, obviously, they mean us nothing good. But do you know, he leaned across the table, the question of the Soviet delegate was never answered. I'm afraid I snorted. No, really, he said, they told us what they wanted to do, bring you peace and plenty, which we ourselves enjoy. But they didn't say why. Now just what have the Kahneman as a people or a nation got to gain from our welfare? Trust me, Peter, there is no such thing as a completely disinterested altruism. In one way or another, they have something to gain. And that's why you're here, I said, to find out what it is. Correct. I wanted to get on one of the tenure exchange groups to their home planet, but I couldn't. The quota was filled a week after they made the announcement. This is the next best thing. I'm studying their language, and you know language reflects the basic assumptions of the people who use it. I saw Grigori frequently from then on, and he kept me posted about his progress. He was highly excited about a month after that first meeting, said he got hold of a book and was trying to puzzle it out. They wrote in ideographs, but he was determined to fathom if it took him years. He wanted my help. I was interested in spite of myself, for I knew it would be a long job. We spent some evenings together working with material from candidate bulletin boards and so forth, and with the extremely limited English candidate dictionary they issued to the staff. Languages are my field, after all. I couldn't help being fascinated. We got the title worked out in a few weeks. It was How to Serve Man, evidently a handbook they were giving out to new candidate members of the embassy staff. They had new ones in all the time now, a shipload about once a month. They were opening all kinds of research laboratories, clinics, and so on. If there was anybody on earth besides Grigori who still distrusted these people, he must have been somewhere in the middle of Tibet. It was astonishing to see the changes that had been wrought in less than a year. There were no more armies, no more shortages, no unemployment. When you picked up a newspaper, you didn't see H-bomb or satellite. The news was always good. It was hard to get used to. 
They were working on biochemistry and it was known around that they were ready to announce methods of making our race taller, stronger, and healthier. I didn't see Grigori for a fortnight after we finished working out the title of a book. When I got back, I was shocked by the change in his appearance. What on earth is wrong, Grigori, I asked. You look the very devil. Come down to the lounge. I went with him and he gulped a stiff scotch as if he needed it. Come on, man, what's the matter, I urged. The Canamit have put me on the passenger list for the next exchange ship, he said. You too, otherwise I wouldn't be talking to you. Well, I said, but they're not altruists. I tried to reason with him. I pointed out they'd made Earth a paradise compared to what it was before, and he only shook his head. I said, well, what about those lie detector tests? A farce, he replied, without heat. I said so at the time, you fool. They told the truth, though, as far as it went. And the book, I demanded, annoyed. What about that? How to serve man? I wasn't put there for you to read. They mean it. How do you explain that? I've read the first paragraph of that book, he said. Why do you suppose I haven't slept for a week? I said, well, and he smiled, a curious, twisted smile. It's a cookbook, he said. <laughs> Whoa. What? Wait, all right. I, that's a Twilight Zone episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, that's like one of... I, you said to serve man, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite Twilight Zone Same. episodes. This is the story it's based on. I love that that story, and I, I knew where that what? was going once you said to serve man. Wow. It's that such was a, a dramatic I twist. was not expecting that. I was waiting for something, but that was a, wow. That was what? A it's a great Twilight Zone episode. How to serve man. I mean, the whole, the whole Twilight Zone series is on Netflix, and like, that's that's such that's like one of the top episodes. What? Oh, I'm gonna go watch. Wait, just that. to say, yeah, so good. It's uh, called uh, "To Serve Man." A side note: Can you hear me? Yes, we yes, can now. We can. Okay, I yes. was talking through the whole time again. <laughs> just going along. <laughs> we we know, Mitch. Oh, oh, I was I was Mitch. going on after B story, and I was like, man, they keep talking over me, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, you weren't. No. Not, you were not on that. What, all right, so Mitch, what do you think of BS? Awesome. I was like, well, I mean, I capitalize on the times, you know. Um, yeah. In my opinion, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. Um, well, I, I will say, B, you know, solid story. You know, I I'm not taking anything away from yeah. it. So, in my opinion, it's pretty clear. Bodwin, you're in the basement again. B, you're number two. <laughs> Albright, number one. Um, and uh, yeah. there we go. That seems about right. <laughs> AD, AD probably has me number one. Let's see. AD, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> um, I mean, Baldwin does I deliver would've... his stories with like some feeling and some like acting. Well, yeah, but like, yeah, to a level of which is <laughs> yeah, comical. Yeah, ex- yeah, that's what it's I not say scary. every Friday. It's more of a comedy routine than it is a spooky story. All but yours... did, you guys were spooked about Bloody Mary. I guarantee you, none of you will go in and do that thing in a mirror right now. I guarantee. I mean, I, I won't. I, I did right, that because I didn't do that in eighth grade. I, did it as a kid. Yeah, I was about to say I did it when I was a kid. Yeah, I genuinely. We literally all did it. I genuinely don't think I would do that. Right oh, now. I never did it when I was a kid. I'm not dumb. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do have you in second though, um, and just because like that is hands down my favorite. Twilight Zone episode ever. I love that show so much. I just, I did not see it because obviously, like, you knew that it was going to be something bad, right? Like, when the one guy stood up and everyone yeah. else fell for it, I was like, all right, they're, they're, I'm like, what are they going to do? Are they going to colonize Earth? Are they going to do something? And then it was just like, it's a cookbook. And I was like, yeah. 
And I've been saying these last like, couple Fridays that I love that mic drop moment at the end. And that's like I heard the you, perfect Alex. one. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Albright. Yeah, that was, but I that was also, when I was a kid, like I didn't yeah. have any channels that had the Twilight Zone. But I, somebody gave me a collection of the stories, of course. So I had like the Twilight Zone so- short stories they were based on. I was like that one. Ooh. Yeah. That's huge. That was. Well, hey, that was yeah, insane. Solid, solid second place. It's the same place that Will Spencer and Maddie LeCare have mm-hmm. gotten. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just continuing the tradition. There's a theme here. Um, I think that, you know, I, I probably need to work on my stories maybe a little bit, but I think you did a really nice job, yeah. So thank Yeah, just maybe you should. Well, do you remember what I had originally told you I was going to do? Yes. Yours was very different from what you originally told me. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to tell everybody what I was originally going to uh, do? Yes. <laughs> I was going to. I was gonna I was gonna retell the story the the conspiracy theories about Carol Baskin from Tiger King. I love it. I absolutely love it. Mitch may have given us too heavy of a dose. Bia, whether or not you notice this, uh, whether or not our listeners know this, Mitch brings up Tiger King every podcast. I just edit it out a lot of the time. Yeah, oh, I know. If it's not in a podcast, it just means Bodwin chose to cut it from that episode. For your sake, listeners. For your oh sake. Oh, my. Yeah. 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 Um, Understandable. Well, hey, Bia, thank you for coming on. Do you have any final message to our millions of listeners, to your fellow seniors? Yeah. Else? Absolutely. Um, say i gotta say shout out to all my you know chs seniors shout out to tim avely free tim i don't think he's in any trouble i just wanted to say that um he's a polarizing figure Thanks, guys, for making making everybody's lives a bit easier, making it a little bit more fun. Thanks to all the teachers, and uh, yeah. Hey, awesome. it was great talking well, to you. Well, thank you, Bia. It was great talking we'll to you. We'll be in touch. It was yeah, great no talking problem. To you. And, yeah. Uh, have a great week. Yeah, thanks so much, Bia. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, of course. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, All right, let's uh, let's do appreciation. I actually got one this time, like ready to roll. All right, let's Ooh, wow. do it. I am going to appreciate Miss Barnes from the library because on Spooky Stories Friday, I always think about her and I miss all of our fun conversations about the TV shows and books that we both like. And she's a pretty awesome woman. So shout out Miss Barnes. She's a legend. <sighs> I love Miss Barnes. Um, all right. Um, got I got a good one today. I got a real good one today. Uh, I want to shout out the Senior Tummy Squad. Um, they, they all, they all, they all know who they are. Um, it was the seniors who painted the Lakers across their stomachs for the senior football game. Oh my uh, God. That, that was a really solid crew. We still have that group chat and, um, I, I miss, I miss doing that wild stuff with those guys. Wait, 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 let me guess. <laughs> you, Andy Rosado. Yep. Will Spencer. Yep. Chase Carey? Chase played no, football. He played, he played football. Oh, right. Um, EB Dub? Yes. Uh, Maggie? Yep. Tim? Wow. Is that it? Yeah, Tim. Yeah, Tim. Tim? Louise. Oh, right. Yeah, Tim. 
and Emma Corvo. Uh, That's a good crew. Yeah, it was Lakers exclamation point. It's good stuff. And they have the, the one of the coolest pictures you've ever seen. Oh yeah, the lineup is insane. Yep. You guys had some. You and Andy and Will had some pretty ridiculous outfits. We do have a lot of good stuff. The uh, actually Bodwin, the same tux that I wore to our the um, the trivia we hosted is the same. Is actually I wore that to the green and blue one. Oh, that's a strong move. That's strong. Yeah, it was popping. That's a good shout out. All right, Mitch. Um, you know, I just want to give a shout out to um, everyone who takes the time out of their day to come on the podcast um, and bears with us with the scheduling and all that type of stuff that goes on. So thank you to all of you guys. I uh, really appreciate it. I want to give a shout out to our listeners. I'm hopeful that by the end of this podcast, we will have hit 1000 uh, listens. And that would be a huge moment because we were kind of surprised when we hit 100. So we're going to be really psyched uh, to hit 1,000. And we want to let you know that next week is break. We don't take breaks on the T-Rev Daily Podcast. No, sir. So next week, we have original content coming at you. We're throwing it out the window. We're not doing Laker love next week. We're not doing words of the day. We're not doing... Uh, would you rather we're, we're getting rid of all of our regular segments for the week because it's vacation this is florida stanley we are going all out so uh get ready for some new segments get ready for some crazy stuff and uh we hope you listen to us on a very relaxing week where you don't have to worry about school it's gonna get wild baby here we go all right albright say bye to everyone tell a joke ben baldwin Hey, welcome to Denny's. Have a great weekend, guys. Peace.